like it should be me starting off. Oh, wait, Pipes is on the road, so don't tell him. Nobody tell him that, that that just happened. It is The Drive with Tay and Piper. I'm Lon Tay, Kyle Tosk alongside, and special guest Corey Witt. My buddy is here to fill us in for an hour and talk some Illini sports, especially basketball, as we roll along. Derek Piper, the aforementioned, what a word, he will join us at 3.30. So at the bottom of this hour, Pipes, of course, covering the game in Evanston, which leads me to believe no baby yet for Derek Piper and Haley. So, uh, so far, so good, unless he gets the call like halfway through that game and he sprints out of Evanston. So it will be Kyle and I and Corey getting you through the first hour. Second hour, we're going to visit with a Northwestern gentleman. His name is Matt Shelton. He's managing editor at wildcatreport.com. So we'll get a little bit more nitty-gritty on a Northwestern team that Illinois took care of handily. Uh, earlier this season at home, but now on the road, it's always a different story, and we'll talk about that as we go. You'll also hear some Brad Underwood before we're out of here. Getting you set for tonight's 8 o'clock tip-off between Illinois and Northwestern. Kyle, I'll start with you. Our guy Connor Onion on the call tonight. I'm excited for that. This is never easy when you go on the road in the Big Ten in general. Just ask anybody pretty much that plays on the road. All you got to do is check the scores each time. But Northwestern, the last three big wins they've had, two of them have come against Purdue at home, and Purdue was ranked number one both times, and they also beat Maryland. I know earlier this year, a team that Illinois, of course, always has problems with for some reason. So we know this won't be easy tonight against the Wildcats. Yeah, it won't be. It's it's funny because four years ago, three years ago, trip to Northwestern, that's basically a home game for Illinois. It still probably will still probably be 50% Illinois fans there, but... It, Northwestern the last two years has changed the way you view a trip to Evanston. When Purdue can't go in there and get a win with two teams that are going to be number one in the country, and they've had a lot of success at home. And I, I do feel like, though, I, I said it yesterday, I just think this is a really great matchup for Illinois. Yeah. Like we saw it in the first matchup, and that was without Terrence Shannon. I think Northwestern really struggled with the size and the, the ability for Illinois, the booty ball with the mask and – Illinois kind of picked them apart when they tried to trap and double. And I, I just think the length and size Illinois has for some of those Northwestern guards for Boo Booey, it's been a problem his whole career. I think he scored, he's shot under 40% from the field against Illinois, like six of his eight games he's played him. So I, it, I think it's a good matchup for Illinois. That said, it's not going to be a 30-point blowout like no. it was here in Champaign. I think it's going to be a tight game, and Illinois is going to have to play well. Corey, I got a lot of questions for you, including Terrence Shannon. But before we okay. get there, I was looking here today. Derek Piper wrote his three keys and prediction for this game tonight. And I was staring down at this, that Illinois owns the all-time series against Northwestern 144 to 43. Wow. You and I are about the same age. We're old as dirt, in other words. But we've been watching this for a <laughs> long time. Northwestern is a team, like kind of like Kyle said, that – you know, it used to be it was just kind of a automatic pretty much win wherever you played them. But Chris Collins has done some good stuff there, got him to an NCAA tournament. And he has two good guards, especially one with Boo Booey that's incredible. And a guy that really went off against Purdue earlier this year. Ty Berry also had a big game in that one as they beat and upset Purdue. But they've got a couple of guards that can really make a difference in a game like this. Oh, they absolutely do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that there's a lot of better guards in the Big Ten than Boo Boo. That's I true. Mean, he's a solid player, offensively anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and like like Kyle was saying, it's a different – It since Doug Collins took over, mm-hmm. it's a completely different thing up there. I mean, it used to be just a – it was a win. You said Doug Collins. I meant Chris. Chris. I'm sorry. I <laughs> hey, meant, Doug Collins, the old well, Doug's always, at the, Doug's always at the game. <laughs> right, he might as well be coaching. Yeah, Chris Collins has done a <laughs> tremendous – I think a tremendous job Yeah, uh, since he's gotten there. And he, and he has changed the narrative up there a little. It's a lot, There's a lot more excitement up there for Northwest. And there should be. Yes. Big time. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're, I think, an NCAA tournament team. I really do. They got to do some work. Yeah. I know I saw, I was looking on uh, Bracketology yesterday while I was here because I pretty much work every day, Corey. Oh, here. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, let's leave we'll that We'll talk one about alone. that later. Hell, I was trying to get today off, and Piper's <laughs> like, I, I, I'm going to be gone. I was like, dang it. Uh, but if, if, I'll have Kyle do a fact check, but I'm pretty sure, and, and uh, Corey, you might know this, but. Doug Collins, you mm-hmm. mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Of course, he grew up in Benton, Illinois, mm-hmm. 
attended Illinois State University and was the number one overall draft pick in that unreal in the National Basketball Association. And then, of course, went on for a long time coach, coached the Bulls and Sixers and mm-hmm. and others. But it's amazing what he was able to do. And then, of course, Chris was a guy Illinois tried to recruit and ended up going to Duke and had a great run yes, he did. at Duke. So this will be fun. Now, <laughs> let me get back to, we haven't talked to you, Corey, since the news with Terrence Shannon. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into all the, sure. uh, you can imagine that. I'm sure yeah. you don't either. Yeah. We've talked about it enough, but the idea, let me ask you this as a big Illini fan, mm-hmm. when you first heard the news, mm. what was your thoughts on that with Terrence Shannon, both kind of on the court and off? Well, first I was stunned mm-hmm. because it looked just, when you got the news at first, it looked really, really bad. Uh, yes. I mean, and I'm not saying it's not still. Right, could, right, right, right. I, I'm just saying it looked really bad. So I was stunned because this isn't a kid that, at least to my knowledge, that has ever been in trouble ever. Yep. He's been a pretty much a, a, a model student, mm-hmm. you know. So I was very stunned and just I was caught very much off guard. And uh, I was I was worried for everybody involved, and it's still going to be it's it's boy is it messy and touchy. And there's no doubt, and I read today, Kyle, that his hearing now has been pushed back to May, May 10th. So I know I read that, and I'll give credit to Brett Barons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wears makeup, <laughs> uh, but Brett Barons had tweeted that out and mentioned mm-hmm. it looks like then Terrence could play the entire season for Illinois. So understanding the other side of it, Corey, and not always having to go back to that, like, well, but we also, I mean, understanding all of that, that's unbelievable news for Illinois that, that you could get, not only get Terrence Shannon back, yeah. but everybody was wondering like, okay, well, how long is this going to last? It sounds like it could be through the end of the season. Yeah. And I think it will be, but you inject a, a first team all American in anybody's lineup and right. it's a little bit of a boost, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh it sounds like barring something funky happening right. in, in Kansas with the DA or whatever that uh, it sounds like he's going to this thing has gonna, been pushed to the back burner until May. Kyle, I'll ask you, what was the first thing you noticed about having Shannon back? Was it just the speed of the game and not not the speed of the game, but just the idea that Illinois really got out and ran and, and yep. it just seemed like. Not that their offense hasn't even been smooth without him, but it just seemed like it was like that missing little piece that then turned it into just fluidity. Yeah, the the pace that as, as soon as he checked into the game, you got two yeah. transition opportunities where he finds Coleman for an alley-oop and another assist. When he was out, Illinois was playing much slower, and mm-hmm. you just didn't have that force and transition and a guy that you give him the ball and he's going to go and beat everyone down the floor. I, I think that's where you noticed it. And, he made a huge impact in that game because you saw when he first checked in, they went on that run with two straight fast breaks where Steve Pike will call the timeout. Then when Rutgers cut the deficit to four, you find him two more transition buckets, timeout Rutgers. Like he, he's just an igniter that can get you going in his instant offense without you having to run anything for him because he can just get out in the open floor and score. So I, I think that's where you saw it. You saw without him, Illinois was – pretty much a half-court team that was going to hunt matchups with Damask and, and whoever else and play through Coleman more in the half-court. But with Shannon back, you can play a lot faster, and you've just got a, a one-man fast break, so to speak, who can really just ignite you at any time. Without a doubt. We'll talk to Derek Piper, bottom of the hour. Also visit with the Northwestern guy at 4.05, getting you ready for this game tonight. Corey, you and I, as mentioned, we've been Illini fans our entire life. Yes. What – kind of thoughts in your mind do you have knowing that Shannon's back and if it works out to where he's back through the end of the season you've seen some really great Illini teams you and I um, were still young back in the day in 89 I was a senior actually so (laughs) you were we were still what was considered good boys by our parents I was a senior in high school now I'm just a senior (laughs) now you're just yeah, we really had that big gap there where now all of a sudden, um, and of course, 0405. I mean, 84 was an unbelievable team. It I was. know that's pushing us a little bit younger, but Bruce Douglas and that career, Altenberger, Ephraim Winter, Anthony Welch. I mean, that, that George was Montgomery, George, Big George. 
So those were teams that, you know, that, you know, obviously that team lost at Rupp Arena mm-hmm. in the Elite Eight and, and, and a team that easily, you know, they made the rule then after that. Well, what, you can't play did, at home. Why does that keep happening to <laughs> I Illinois? I don't know. The NCAA tournament rules change based on <laughs> Illinois getting screwed out of the gym. Oh, was that ball tipped in the final two minutes? Well, let's make a rule change then since Illinois got screwed against, uh, was that Miami? Yes. Yeah, against Miami. Barry Larkin's son or whatever. Yes. Ah. <sighs> But never did like Barry Larkin. I know he was good. though. Oh, he was awesome. Man, was he a good shortstop? (laughs) You'll have to ask your dad about that one, Kyle. (laughs) Barry Larkin was a hell of a shortstop for the Reds. The Reds were good back then. Oh, really? Kyle, did you know that Corey and I have lived in a world where the Reds won World Series (laughs) and like that? (laughs) That is pretty insane. The one year they had the entire infield, I think, in the All Star, like oh, they were Joe really Morgan and Dave Concepcion, Johnny Bench, Johnny Bench. I mean, they were incredible. But back to future now. Uh-huh. What give? Like, tell me your thoughts on this team in terms of what do you think the ceiling is for this team? Is this a Final Four team with Shannon? I honestly think there's a possibility. I agree. I, I think I, you'd be silly to say I they're just, not. The thing that's different about this team, even different than the I O Kofi teams, is I just think there's a connectivity with up and down the line everybody not just the starters the bench play any mix and match that that brad does seems to just play with each other they 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 share the ball they they don't care who scores and you know what and they were playing like that uh hence the missouri game before that before this thing with shannon ever they looked awesome with shannon so um, yeah, I think, you know, there was a little rust there. Right. But that's that's going to happen. He's going to be fine. And as long as they continue to share the ball mm-hmm. and, and, and just play with this camaraderie that they've had for the – I really think most of this – the Maryland game was a little bit of an outlier. It was. But for the most part, I'm really – and they're old. Yeah. Nothing really phases this team. They don't get shook or – you know, even at Purdue, it didn't look good. I mean, they were down 20 before you could blink. But look what happened. <laughs> yeah. And that was without Shannon. And that's a great Purdue team. Oh, and they're fantastic. Oh, they're really good. Yeah, and you look – you kind of look back at Illinois' losses – you don't. I mean, there's nothing to shake your or sh- shake your head about or whatever. Losing at Purdue, no. You lose to a really good Marquette team. I'd love to play. Them I think again. we'd beat them. If we I would did. love to play them again because they came in here and I mean, give them credit. They came here and they have knocked you solid now twice in mm-hmm. years where Illinois had really good teams. Mm-hmm. Back with Kofi and those and uh, and that and Io and that crew. But and, did Kofi play against? them? Oh, that's right. He didn't play. Yeah, he. Didn't. It was part of the three games. Yeah, the ridiculous. Due locker, to the chess thing or locker or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. He, I was thinking he did not play. No, that's a great call. And Io was gone by then, right? Yeah, that was yeah. Curbelo. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was not his finest that's performance. That's my bad. All I know is I was at, at a beach bar in Maui. I'll never Holy forget that. Cow. With two Marquette fans. Oh, It was wow. a peak and insurance trip. Oh, and yeah. we have people from Wisconsin, yeah. Iowa, Indiana, all over. Yeah. And Two of my really good friends are big Marquette fans. They're season ticket holders. So we went up to the bar to watch the game, and I'm sitting there like, I'm like, ah, we don't need Kofi to beat Marquette. And sure enough, Marquette beats us. I'm like, gosh dang it. Uh, and, but but you got to give Marquette credit here. And obviously that's a team still that can do some damage right. down the road. But you look at that, and besides the Maryland loss, which was weird because there was about a 10-minute stretch there where they couldn't make a layup. Right. I mean, it was weird. Right. Other than that, I'll start with you, Kyle. Other than that, I really haven't seen anything that would tell me that this team is in danger. Like, there's not one thing that tells me, well, they're not a good shooting team. Uh, there's nights where this team lights it up. They're not – they can't play above the rim. That's not true. Nope. They can't rebound. Well, we know that's definitely not true. They can't play defense. Well, they're one of the best defenders in the country defensively as a team. So, it just, to me, shows you that there's just a lot – there's not many holes on this Illinois team. We talk about point guard, but I feel like with the way they play, I don't know that they necessarily need it. I'd still rather have a point guard. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think, Kyle? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I was very concerned about the point guard situation, and I can confidently say I have no concerns about it now because I just think that the style in which they play and the fact that they have a lot of different ball handlers, like they've found ways to work around that. And so, I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't – I don't really see a, a ton of weaknesses with this team. I think offensively, they've been far beyond anything I could have imagined. Good I mean, point. Without Shannon, they were one of the best offenses in the country. With him, they might be the best. There's, there's that ceiling for them. Defensively, I think you know what you're going to get. 
it slipped a little bit recently, but adding Shannon back, I think, is going to be huge. You know, having Coleman Hawkins as a defensive anchor and, and mm-hmm. some of these guys. I just I think there is a consistency and a balance to this team that we haven't seen the last couple of years that you feel like you're not going to have these these giant ups and downs where you right. get into the tournament and, oh, shots aren't falling tonight. They're going to lose by 15. and they right. It's over. I think they can overcome a lot of different things within a game and still find ways to win, and they have this year. And I, I kind of – now that you have Terrence Shannon back, I'd kind of write off that Maryland game. I, mm-hmm. I just – I'm yeah. not – I don't put much stock in that. That's probably the worst you'll see them play the rest of yeah. the year. Well, and they're an offensive mach- rebounding machine. Big time. This yeah. is one of the best offensive rebounding teams I've seen at Illinois. It's amazing. I mean, they had guys that go – they just flat crash it. <laughs> Uh, Gary A is a beast. Oh, he's just he is one of the better rebounders for, and it's not like he's seven foot. No, that's the thing. He is a heck of a rebounder. Ephraim Winters was a good rebounder. He was absolutely. I, I was trying to think. So this is funny. Like when we say somebody, I heard somebody say the other day that Gary A is our best four since Brian Cook. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, I think it was on a post. They're completely show. different styles. Totally, but, totally. Yeah. Although Gary A can shoot a little, yeah. uh, obviously from the outside, but yeah. Cook lived out there, mm-hmm. and 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 yeah, more more flash from Brian, and obviously a guy that played for the Lakers, and and I, I, you know Gary A though is uh, he's just a bulldog. He just he, goes and gets he stuff is. done, and he's strong. Oh, he's big time strong. So here's the thing I was thinking the other day. And I'll ask like if I if I ask Kyle, he only has like three years to compare like a a, a, a former Illinois player in his lifetime. Uh-huh. What's a comp to Coleman? Coleman Hawkins is there a comp. is there a Coleman comp through the years? I, Lowell Hamilton, but Lowell Hamilton was six eight, and, and Lowell Hamilton's range wasn't. No, yeah, right. He never really went out. I was just like I was thinking in my head, who's somebody That's a that was great like great question six ten. And could go out. I mean, well, Mike Davis was he? What was Mike? Six eight. He was. Yeah, I don't know. He might have been pushing. Six, and he's what second leading rebounder ever yeah. at Illinois. Again, behind. though, he didn't have the the. He couldn't stretch no. the floor and, like Coleman. And Augie couldn't stretch it. No. I mean, I know I, that's he, a, You know, Coleman is finally starting to get it. Yes. You know, we're seeing time. on the floor in games now what Underwood's been saying it, that he's been doing in practice. That's a great point for three years. But he's. But it's, but you know what I've noticed with Coleman when one thing's going well he tends to do other things. Yes, well. yes. He picks it up on the defensive end. He it's kind of like when my dad used to say, "It's amazing how how better your defense is after you score." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you hit that three and it's like, "Whoa, you really got down to play defense yeah. one time." Teddy. But as far as a comp, he he is kind of unique. It is. I mean, he and not only that, he can act, he can bring the ball up, he can facilitate the offense. I know. I don't I don't remember a whole lot of six ten guys. No. That we've had and, and, and as we know basketball's changed yeah i mean you know guys today we hate to say it uh cory because you and i were pretty damn athletic damn right but uh but guys today are just more athletic than we were <laughs> I, i'm sorry to say but it, it is amazing like a 610 guy back in 1988 or even the 90s you were pretty much under the bucket mm-hmm. and doing back that to the kind, back to the basket and now you got guys that you know what? What's Giannis? Is he like six eleven or something? Yeah, and he, he can bring the ball up and hit threes that if he wants. Is. And I said he was a point guard once, and I got yelled at by <laughs> NBA fans. But I mean, he he could be probably yeah, yeah. probably be an all league point guard. So it's just amazing. But I, I was thinking about that the other day because you can think of comps like for Luke Goody and, mm-hmm. and and other guys, you know. But when I thought of Coleman, yeah. because I think he's underrated defensively mm-hmm. a little bit. He's although better, I think we're seeing it now, yes. right? We're yes. starting to understand that he deserves to be in the in the uh, line for maybe defensive player of the year mm-hmm. let me ask you that i'll ask kyle first okay. kyle coleman is a guy obviously that steals balls rebounds he blocks a shot on occasion has the last three games with guys like julian reese taking advantage of him underneath uh amori from rutgers has that bothered you in terms of claiming that he's still maybe one of the best defenders, if not the best, in the Big Ten? I mean, those guys went for 20-some, and, of course, he called out pipes. Right. Right. I loved yeah. that. Yeah. I loved it. I saw that. <laughs> does that bother you in terms of, like, in other words, does that change your perception a little bit of Coleman in the sense that it seems like a big guy? I mean, Maryland did that on purpose. Kevin Willard said after the game, we our game plan was to attack Coleman because he's so good defensively everywhere. We wanted to keep him in one spot, which I thought was brilliant Very on smart. Kevin Willard's part. Very smart. I'm not. I just think 
we know that that's not really Coleman's strength. I think it's no secret that if you put a more physical, bigger, true center one-on-one against him, that he's going to give up a lot of strength and size in that matchup. So I just don't think that that's really – I mean, at the end of the day, Coleman is more of a four that's playing a five in Illinois' lineup based on how they want to play. So I, I don't think that's ever really been a strength or something that they've needed from him. I also think that, yeah, Reese Beach in the Maryland game, but, you know, Reed at Michigan, Amori, you still win those games by 15 and 23. Right. Like, I, right. I don't think you're ever going to lose a game – due to that and I think there's adjustments that you can make in terms of giving yep. Coleman some help and trapping the post and I just think that falls way down below that all the other impact he makes and the fact that he's a guy that we've seen have a lot of success switching on to the likes of Boo Booey and Tyson Walker mm, and yeah and and he's just so good with his instincts and and getting those deflections getting his hands on balls creating transition opportunities which now as you saw on Sunday when he's getting his hand on a ball and, and deflecting a pass all of a sudden Terrence Shannon's running yep. down the yeah. floor and, <laughs> and and there's how you start your fast break so I I just I don't, I don't think that's ever really been his strength. I think everything else he does outweighs that for me. I still I think he's one of the most valuable defenders you're going to yeah. find. Well, and here's another thing, piggybacking off that. I don't worry about it as much either because that same guy that's posting him at that has to go deal with him on the that's other That's a great end. point. Totally. And, and good luck with that. Yep. Because yep. those guys, those back to the – I'm not saying they're true back to – but they're more back to the basket right. than what Cole Even Julian is. Reese yeah. is an athletic yes. dude. But they're not – they, he didn't have any luck guarding him. I uh-uh, mean, he, you no. know, now Coleman missed some shots like right. like Illinois did all day that right. day. Right, but uh, yeah, good luck on that. So I, that that kind of offsets it a little bit too. It's a good point. And any more, I think coaches would would tell you we'll take a tough two mm. over a wide open three. Absolutely. And, and by be, by being able to just not double the post, mm-hmm. now you've got guys. The other four guys are right on the other ones and not giving them those wide open threes. And I know Illinois. I'm sure if you looked at the analytics. <laughs> which I do every morning, Kyle, you know this, on Bart oh, Torbeck yeah. and, and whatever. what's the other one? <laughs> the, uh, you no, you're on yeah, every Ken, morning. Ken, Ken, Palm. Ken well, Palm. Well, I forget. You know, I look at it so much. I just kinda, <laughs> But I, I think Illinois is one of the better three-point defending teams in the country as well, so I think that tells you what you need to know. All right, Derek Piper is going to join us here in a second. He's uh, going to cover the game up at uh, – cover that big super sectional game at Evanston. I always have to make that joke. I <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> it's a little better than it used to be. They, I know. Is it Walsh bill. Ryan? Is that what it's called? Welsh or Welsh? Yeah. Welsh Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, they did do some work to it. Yeah. But well, back it's in, a brand new building, isn't it? Is it? Is it brand? Oh, I think they did just did work. Oh, I think they, they renovated. Yeah, they, they renovated. renovated. Okay. Okay. But it, it still, to me, feels like that. Uh, you know, yeah, Tuscola like, High School <laughs> super sectional yeah. game, Pena and <laughs> Tuscola. You know. <laughs> Where Tuscola's got the band on the one side, and yeah. like if you if you go too hard for a layup, you take out the trombone person, and yeah, yeah, it just still has that feel to me. But we will definitely ask Pipes about that and and how it goes. Now, Corey, I wanted to chat with you just a minute okay. about Cardinals baseball, but here's the problem: the Cubs basically just won the division today. Did you know this? I did not know that they they've got- won a lot of divisions in January, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Uh, they um, unfortunately have lost Trey Mancini, who I always looked at as a benefit to everybody else in the division because he they couldn't already catch lost a ball like mid, midway through last year. And <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Trey's not. Is Bellinger coming back or what? I think he's going to have to at this point. I mean, point. gosh dang. It, it seems like it's moving slow. It is. Everything just seems to be moving well, slow. Well, it's Scott Boris. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, Hader signed uh, with Josh Hader signed. And yep. and then uh, who was Chapman? The, yeah, Chapman signed. And then who was the ah uh, the kid that used to pitch for Tampa? He just signed a big deal with uh, was it San Francisco? I think the Giants now have Hicks and this kid that pitched in uh, in Tampa. But I don't know. I just keep waiting for the Cardinals <laughs> to add a reliever here, yeah. and it's like uh, and then the Cubs. I keep waiting for Bellinger to to sign on, and it's I don't know. I don't either. I mean, our. Have you seen that commercial uh, with the uh, quarterbacks? Uh, the old, not the quarter. Well, Marino and Emmett Smith, oh, and they're yeah. trying to make their. They sit and they come walking out in their uniform. They said, "There's the Cardinals starting five rotation right there." I mean, it's not that. I mean, Sonny Gray's good. They have some good, but they're they're yeah. just they're not young. Well, they're old and they're all coming off. Yeah, I mean, they're old by 
baseball standard. Oh, they're right. young oh, guys. Yeah, I'd love to be 35. Right, right. But they're all coming off seasons in which they threw major innings, mm-hmm. and it just, that just worries me. Yes. I mean, the Cardinals always have a starter get hurt anyway. Yes. So if you're going to go into the season, I know Zach Thompson's there, and I know Libertor's there, and I know you've got guys like that, but I don't know if I'm ready to trust Libertor and Thompson. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, so you're going in with five guys, and three of them are older than dirt, and you're sitting there thinking (laughs) that they're going to be healthy? I mean, maybe they will. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give them this. Brad Thompson said the other day at the caravan the one thing that I'm not worried about about those guys putting in all those innings is, is that that's what they do, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way their career has gone, and mm-hmm. I agree. Lance Lynn is a, is a workhorse. He is. He's an inning eater. Sonny Gray is a guy that ate up a lot of innings for the Twins and always has kind of in his future in his career. I don't know much about Gibson. I, I, I just either. don't remember him, and it, but he lives in St. Louis, which is kind of was kind of strange, but I don't know. It, it's just like I look at this reclamation project that the Cardinals are going through and you can almost tie something back to the to the Cardinals in, in this way. Let me explain. So Gibson, you sign him. Well, he lives in St. Louis. So it's kind of like you got a little bit of a well, look, you know, I live there. I'd like to come and pitch for the Cardinals. Lance Lynn, well, he used to throw for the Cardinals, right? So you get him back. Sonny Gray lives in Nashville. He wanted to play somewhere close to home, so the Cardinals benefit by getting him. Matt Carpenter used to be a former, you know, and it's just like all these signings are almost like guys that are just like, hey, I wouldn't <laughs> mind playing for you here in the last couple of years, make about $20 million and mm-hmm. live close to home. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems – The I Carpenter thing shocked me. I it did. Not, did. Not, well, for one thing, I didn't even know he was going to play anymore. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, he – I think the last time we saw him, we thought he probably shouldn't. No, no. We're I like, mean, <laughs> just, he had a great run when he was younger he did. at the car. He was a very good player, but I think that time may have come Ooh. and gone. Just like with me, it's come and gone. <laughs> it's, it's all – Corey Witt could bash a baseball and a softball, but I don't think I'd want to see that these days. No. I, I don't no, think – Nobody would want to see <laughs> no. Well, the, I might still be able to hit it, but somebody would have to run. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> Do we get pinch runners? Yeah, I think you can. Kyle actually. could be our yeah, designated Kyle, pinch runner. Kyle can run for Kyle can run for So, me. we'll bat you fourth, me eighth. <laughs> And Kyle then will be able to just continuously, although I'd have to get on base, which is impossible. Uh, and, you know, Jim Rosso in there, too. Yeah. Jim, Jim was a good player. Oh, my gosh. I always, I, I always knew that, that he Rosso was, was he a was hell of a player. He was very good. He wouldn't tell you. He would act like – he's right. like Bob Euchre. Yeah, right, 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 right. Well, I don't know. But he was a really good player. He always gives me, like, well, you were such a good fast pitch player. I'm like, Bob, right there. Or Jim, right there. You're lying. Like, right. I'm seeing through you right away. I was not a good fast. I played, had a lot of fun right field after games drinking beer, but that was about the extent I of my... I can still do that. Oh, yeah. You and I are probably the leaders in that. In fact, now we're so old, we're the ones that are bringing the coolers for yes, the kids. Yes, Yeah, it's like, here you go. Oh, the old people are cool. Yeah, right. These guys are pretty neat, they, except they keep telling stories about their youth. It's like, oh, boy. Corey's going to tell another story about Nationals. Oh, oh, well, I won't go there. We can't do that. No, let's, let's don't go there. Although we did beat Damon Bailey. We did. Did you? Can you Google Damon Bailey real quick, Do you quick, remember Kyle? him, Kyle? No, I don't. Okay. Wow. Bob he Knight. Com- I think he committed to Indiana in sixth grade. Yeah, or, or eighth something. Grade or I think it was eighth grade. Yeah. And Bobby Knight at a press conference one time. I know we're late getting to Piper, but he'll understand. <laughs> uh, Bobby Knight at a press conference, I think, one time was so mad at his team that he said, I have an eighth grader right now that would be my best point guard on this basketball team. Mm-hmm. I think he was on Sports Illustrated, wasn't he? Did, he? did he make the cover of that magazine or something? But he played for the, the Pacers. Yes. Played for the, are they the Indianapolis Pacers or the Indiana Pacers? I want to say Indiana. I think it's Indiana. But, yeah, Damon Bailey. So, uh, Corey and I beat him three to two. Where was, where was <laughs> you he You know, from? And they were, it was slow pitch, everybody. Right, 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 right. I wish I could tell you it was fast <laughs> <No>. pitch. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. People are like, when's the last time you had a three to two slow pitch game? Well, we were a little hungover. <laughs> little. <laughs> he was on a Sports Illustrated cover after they beat number one Kentucky. Okay. That's all I want to know. He was like the boy wonder of Indiana. He was unbelievable. Up unbelievable he was a good athlete good oh, college yeah. basketball player yes. and obviously pretty good in the, in the nba but never really took off hey all i know is that Corey and i are one and oh against people that are on sports Illustrated. Absolutely. who can say that <laughs> exactly if you can beat that story three five nine twenty two fifty five let's go even though it wasn't really his best sport but no but that's all right we no. beat you damon Bailey. i need to have that. him on one day 
That would be awesome. We need to get him on and I have you be, here, oh, and yeah. we need to talk crap the entire time. Oh, that'd be awesome. Just be real nice for the first five minutes, and then be like, <laughs> hey, Damon, you need to sit down for a minute. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Derek Piper joins us to chat Illinois Northwestern. We'll do it next. It is The Drive. BMW, Buick, GMC, Honda, and Subaru. Welcome to Sarah Champagne. We can handle all your car repairs on site, including paintless dent repair, bumpers, windshields, everything in between. We have an amazing selection of new or pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Shop from home and buy online or reserve your vehicle before it hits our website or dealership. Sarah Champagne is home of the Sarah One Price Promise, delivering an honest and transparent buying experience. Hurry in or shop online at sarahchampagne.com. First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Hi, this is Chris Jackson with Kramer Siding and Window. And whatever your project, you can count on Kramer Siding to offer you the best products backed by the best warranties in the business and a lifetime of great customer service. And right now, you can save 10% on roofing, sunrooms, and decks, get 15% off gutter helmet, and you can save 25% on preservation siding, windows, and doors. So call today or visit us at kramersiding.com and let's get started on your project. I'm Dr. Jaya Wadawan, and I'm a pediatrician with OSF Healthcare. RSV is respiratory syncytial virus, and it's very common in um, pediatric patients, especially in the age group of less than two years old. In RSV, some symptoms to watch for is um, fever, cough, wheezing, any difficulty breathing, decrease in appetite. So with COVID and RSV, it's difficult to differentiate the symptoms and the presentation of each. The best thing to do is go to your provider and get a swab for both COVID and RSV. Older people can get it. It presents more of an upper respiratory infection. However, in the pediatric population, it presents more in the lower respiratory tract, which causes more of severe symptoms. Treatment includes supportive care for fever, so that includes Motrin and Tylenol. And if they need further respiratory support, that would include some oxygen support and nebulization. Visit the website osfhealthcare.org. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on the lights. We switch TV channels. Some of us switch partners while square dancing. Well, that's a stretch. But what's not a stretch is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, State Farm agent Kurt Lenschow, right here in Champaign-Urbana, can switch you over so you can start saving today. Kurt and his team are ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood. It's easy to switch and save. Just give them a call when you want the real deal. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You've heard about the doggy bag, right? From Bulldog Disposal Muhammad, a six cubic yard canvas bag that can be used for easy cleanup instead of a big dumpster. The one-time use bag is now available and you can save the delivery charge. Get the doggy bag at Do It Best Hardware in Champaign at 107 West Springfield. So fill up the bag, call Bulldog Disposal, have it disposed of, and you'll be organized. Go to bulldoggybag.com for all the details. That's bulldoggybag.com. It is The Drive, ESPN Radio 93.5, The Drive with Tay and Piper. That is fitting because Derek Piper is going to join us right now on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Kyle Tosk is here. Corey Witt here as well, who may jump in with a question. Derek Piper, how are you, buddy? Doing well, man. Make my way up. 
I think I'm going up. You know, there's quite a bit of fog here on I-57, so I don't even really know what direction I'm going. But I'm in the car. I've been driving for a while. And I'm either going to end up in Evanston or Memphis. And uh, I'll let you know here in a few hours. <laughs> if you start seeing signs for Carbondale and such, yeah. you possibly may to, maybe need to stop and turn back around on that end. Yeah, it's foggy out there. Be safe, please, um, in, in driving in this, even around here. I mean, just... Even in Philo, you're driving around and it's foggy. It's, it you know, I mean, we had freezing temperatures and we're like, okay, we battled through that. Well, then I'm going to throw some freezing rain at you. Oh, okay. Well, we battled through that. Well, now I'm going to give fog to where you can't see. I mean, enough! Just get nice again. And has fog ever lasted this? I mean, <laughs> I what is, are we in London? Is this what, Stephen what? King? Like, yeah. Is, <laughs> what is going on? Are we in London? Werewolves in London. All of a sudden, people are going to get attacked in movie theaters tonight. All right, that was a different kind of movie theater, though. Yes, werewolves yes, in London. Yes. All right, pipes. Uh, back to the 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 thing at hand here, which would be Illinois and Northwestern. Illinois just took down Northwestern by thirty the first time they met them. What went right in that game for? Well, obviously everything. It seems like. Uh, what did Northwestern not do well? I guess in that game against Illinois. I think that when you look at their defensive game plan, it really just got exploited. Now, Illinois on the night where they shot 55-plus percent from three, and on the whole, I mean, they're putting up 1.5-some points per possession. They just didn't do anything wrong offensively, but uh, Northwestern game plan-wise, they pretty much knew, as far as Illinois goes, they knew what they were going to do. They knew they were going to double the post a lot, which Illinois is getting into the, the booty ball matchups. And, so when they doubled, they had a lot of easy cuts to the basket. But Garrier was able to piece going down the lane and Damas finding him, and then also to kick out three. So they just really had everything working. Uh, the ability to hit from the outside, the cuts, and then when they didn't double and Marcus Mask had his one-on-one matchups, he just killed them. I mean, he was 12 for 16 from the field, 32 points. And this was a situation where – Northwestern just doesn't have a lot of size, particularly on the perimeter. So uh, when they have Bowie, when they have Barry out there, uh, even Ryan Langborg, essentially playing the three for them, transfer from Princeton, they're really all between 6'1 and 6'4. So Illinois just had the size advantage. I think that, as we'll talk about tonight's matchup, how does Chris Collins maybe pivot away from that or just what adjustments can he make to try to do something different. But uh, they just could not slow uh, Illinois offensively. Then at the other end, just not being able to get guys around Bowie going. Yeah. Uh, it was a tough game for Langborg, a season low of two points. Uh, Barry had an okay game, but most of it was towards the end when it was already a blowout. Uh, ended up in double figures, but uh, he was held down for the most part. For Boo Bowie to have zero assists, it's the only time it's happened mm. all year for him. And 20 points, which uh, Illinois, you know, it sounds like a decent amount in general, but. You know, I think it was 14 shots, 13 shots to get 20 points. He didn't, he didn't light you up uh, by any means. So uh, it was 30-point win, 96-66. to 66. And I know a lot of people, as far as Illinois fans go, will look at that and say, well, we should walk into their house and smack them tonight, which I think Illinois could, uh, especially because this, on paper, is just a tough matchup for Northwestern. But then again, life on the road is going to set in. I, I think some desperation for Northwestern. Uh, who's on the bubble right now sure. and coming off a loss at Nebraska and then wanting to avenge what happened in Champaign where they were thoroughly embarrassed. So uh, I'm very interested for tonight's game. But, yeah, Illinois played about a perfect game in that one. And, oh, by the way, they didn't have a first-team All-American uh, on their side for that either. So That makes sense, what you just said. I, I, I look at this. Is this a – let Bo, uh, Boo Booey just do his thing and and basically shut down Barry Barnheiser, Langborn, and others. I mean, it, it, I mean, is that kind of how you would approach it if you're Illinois? Or we saw what Boo when he got going against Purdue and they were able to upset the Boilermakers. Maybe you don't want to get him necessarily going. I think you want to make his life tough as much as you can. I know that when you talk about those decisions in terms of. Uh, you're going to play on an island against one guy and, and, and not help, or uh, you don't. You know, a lot of times we hear Brad Underwood or other coaches out there say, "Well, we were okay with this guy getting his points." And I've always kind of laughed at that sometimes. Like you're okay with Trace Jackson Davis scoring almost 40, and uh, I know that as you guys were talking about in the first segment, some of these centers that have gotten their points here recently, like Amori doing his thing wasn't going to kill you. Uh, so I understand that maybe not doubling him if, if you're worried about shooters, but 
Uh, on the note of Bowie, I think you just in in terms of individual defense, so that's going to be Ty Rogers, or that's going to be Darren Shannon. Uh, and I, I think if you circle back to the first matchup, I thought Marcus Mass did a really good job on him. Uh, there was probably if you had told me going into the game that he was going to be matched up with Bowie as much as he was, whether that's just I think probably playing into the switching action that Illinois has on the perimeter and him speaking out some of those matchups. I, I would have thought that that was going to be tough, but both Damask and Goody, Goody guarding Ty Berry for a decent amount in that game, were able to really hold their own and not get blown by and that whole kind of deal. So uh, it is important because Barry in their Big Ten games at home, about 18 points a game, uh, in a three-game sample size, but still a shot at has scored a lot better at home. And uh, and Langborg, too, in Evanston since the early December, is shooting 50-plus percent from three as well. So uh, you don't want those guys around Bowie. That's really where Northwest is at their best. And Bowie has it going, and he's attracting a lot of attention from your defense, and then he's able to kick it out to some other guys. But uh, I think if Illinois can make sure that it's tough for Bowie to, to break down that first level of the defense, make sure he's not really forcing a lot of help, but – that's going to be tough because he's, he's that talented. He, he's got an ability to blow by you off the dribble. He's got range on his jump shot, and he's got a really good floater game too. So I think Bowie, although coming off a rough performance at Nebraska, he was 2 for 15 from the field, will be trying to obviously get back on the right track. And He's just kind of had a knack for showing up at big games at home uh, through the years, especially in the last two against Purdue, against Michigan State, whatnot. So, I know Illinois is giving him issues, and I do like the matchups as far as Illinois athleticism and size-wise with Terrence and Ty, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a pretty good version of Bowie tonight. This, Derek, this is Corey. Uh, just wanted to get your opinion on something. With this being the first road game since the suspension of Terrence Shannon, uh, how do you anticipate – uh, you know if the the team, the coaching staff, Terrence himself. How do you how do you anticipate uh, what's inevitably coming from the student sections in an opposing crowd? Mm. Do you think that uh, that's going to make any difference? And I mean, I think Illinois is a better team and will win the game. But uh, do you think that'll make any kind of difference at all tonight in in the outcome? I'm sure that. So, Brad got asked about this yesterday, and he kind of downplayed it. And I think just in general, he's avoided trying to talk about the situation or any impact that it has on his team, just to not maybe fuel the fire uh, externally and anything. I would imagine internally they're having conversations about, you know, what could potentially be said or just in general, just the idea that, hey, you know, there's probably going to be some things that you'll hear that could upset you or, or could just rile you up and, mm-hmm. and to cross the line. I mean, these are when you go to opposing arenas, you're always going to have that uh, potential. And then talk about student section, they're college kids. And I think that uh, a lot of situations people can remember. Uh, I know Kyle currently in college, and you know he does a lot of regrettable things. But uh, <laughs> us, well, as far as I'm, I'm fifty and being in college, <laughs> and maybe would would be more willing to say some stuff that you know, as you get older, you 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 not want to say, um, but. Just on that note, I, I think that they probably don't fully know what it's going to be like sure. uh, until they face it tonight. I, I'm sure they understand it's going to be a raucous crowd in general. It's going to be a, a, a environment with that student section that's going to be hyped up. But I, I think they're going to target Terrence probably relentlessly. They're probably, at the very least, going to boom every time he touches the ball and sure. try to mm-hmm. heckle in the warm-ups. And it might go beyond that. I don't know. And I even as someone covering the team, I I won't know it until I see it for the first time. I don't have to say that every arena is going to be the same. There might be one that's mm-hmm. a lot worse than another. But, uh, you know, is there going to be any shock value to, all right, this is really bad? Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that. But I do think Terrence is going to have to try to control his emotions for sure and, sure. and try to be able to just get used to this because it's going to be something he faces probably the rest of the season. Well, and the thing um, that's going to help. Oh, the thing that's going to help too is it's going to be. I think there's a realistic chance is there's going to be 50 percent orange in I the agree. building too. Totally, tonight. yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's going to help. Um, but yeah, in general, having that that student section near the court, yeah, that's yes. probably what you're going to get the most of. But that's a yep. good point. I mean, this isn't going to be a. Even though they're trying to do an all purple 
a purple out tonight is, is going to be a good share of orange tonight. So. Absolutely. From a basketball perspective with Terrence, what, what do you expect the second game back now? Uh, obviously made a big impact on Sunday, but you could you could tell there was some rust there. And uh, what do you expect just from kind of the reintegration process that Brad has talked about? What do you expect on the court from him tonight as he tries to rework himself back in? And from a matchup perspective, obviously Northwestern, did not have a lot of success defensively in the first matchup, and they didn't have to see Terrence. What what layers can he add to this matchup offensively for Illinois? Northwestern just really doesn't have a guy with his size and athleticism combo to, to go up against them or anything close. Like last year, Adiz being six four and being a pretty good athlete, and obviously a co defensive player of the year in the in the league, he was able to make some things tough or just challenge him and I, I look back at that game in Evanston last year obviously Illinois was not in a good situation was not playing good basketball but the way that Northwestern just packed the lane and, and dared Illinois to, to beat them from three and, and make parents pass it out of course this team is, is different and they're shooting the three at a lot better level and got more capable shooters and whatnot so I think that that's what parents is in terms of probably having some Matchups against smaller guards for the most part. I think there is some decisions for Northwestern to make. I would imagine to try to combat some of what Marcus Mass can do in booty ball. They probably want to get Barnheiser on him uh, as much as possible. If I'm Chris Connell, that's the way I'm approaching it. But uh, then who, who's guarding Terrence and, and how do you approach that? I think also uh, with their center spot, uh, with Nick Nicholson still playing, even though he's not starting, still playing a lot of minutes. Is he going to try to guard Ty? Of course, then you look at last game and Ty only played 14 minutes, so uh, that could be a counter for Illinois then to really get that spacing. But to your, to your question, I think it's that downhill ability. Uh, you just hope that you know Terrence is able to not force the issue too much, that he's able to find the rhythm back on his jump shot. When you missed a six-game stretch, that showed some of the, the after effects against Rutgers, although he did get going there in transition that's the thing i'm most confident about sure. I think, is just the athleticism and the downhill ability especially on the fast break illinois coming off a game in which they had 20 fast break points most they've had all season parents was responsible for 16 of 20 of those when you think about mm. either ones he scored on his own or, or ones he assisted on and, and namely the ones to coleman early as soon as he checked in so i think that's something that he's a matchup problem for northwestern because of that uh, athletic profile and then defensively I know Brad mentioned that he made some mistakes against Rutgers you gotta hope that he's dialed into this one uh, as I mentioned earlier probably drawing some of Boo Booey uh, obviously also Ty Berry assignments and, and just making sure that he, he doesn't get overly emotional doesn't try to do too much and, and is able to to be sound and settle back in and uh, I think if you get uh, the dominant version of Terrence Shannon, I, I'd be surprised if Illinois loses this game if he's still trying to find his way and, and also having a tough time on the road for the first time since all this, then obviously it's, it's more of a toss-up. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, he's a young man, and I'm sure he's going to hear some crazy stuff. I want to close with two things on Terrence Shannon off the court. It was reported today that the second hearing has been moved now to May, essentially meaning that Terrence Shannon, if nothing else happens, could play the entire season with Illinois. So that's good news if you're an Illini basketball fan. I want you to touch on that. Also, secondly, you tweeted out, of course, the statement that the University of Illinois made. And I want to, I want to read one thing in this, and it says, quote, in keeping with the court's directive, Coach Underwood was instructed to treat Mr. Shannon as he would any other member of the team in good standing and not limit participation based on the involved allegations. I know that's something we discussed yesterday in terms of Brad playing him. You read that statement from Robin Kaler and the university. What do you think of that plus the uh, the hearing being moved back? Yeah, I appreciate the transparency um, from the associate chancellor to be able to come out and, and take us inside a little bit of the behind the scenes in terms of the process of getting them back on the court. And let's be honest, it's in response to, number one, a lot of criticism that naturally and inevitably is going to come Illinois' way uh, with putting parents on the court, given the arrest uh, for rape allegations. And that's just admittedly to the outside world who maybe doesn't care to read into the finer details or, or even make uh, any other judgment beyond it, they're going to say it's a, a horrendous look, and that's kind of unavoidable. But 
in terms of the potential blame or liability or questioning of, of Brad Underwood as, as someone that, yes, the player is no longer suspended, but the idea, as we discussed, and a lot of people have discussed, is did Brad have um, a decision to make? Could he have still sat him out? Could he have, have done this or that? And, and this statement today provides that Brad really wasn't uh, put in a position where he was going to have to do that. They told him, treat him like a guy that's just back, uh, fully back, and, and like any other player on the team. So uh, that will take some of the ownership off of him. Obviously, all of it, if you believe and fully trust that, say that you know the university directed him to go this way based on the, the ruling by the, the federal judge in that civil case against the University of Illinois. So uh, on the note of the preliminary hearing being pushed back to May, that barring any kind of unexpected surprise evidence or surprise happening um, would put Terrence in a position to continue to be an active member of the team the rest of the way. I, I don't see really at this point um, any foreseeable way that, that probably changes. Um, so I, I think that with just the timeline of this thing, uh, it sets up for him to be in action the rest of the year, uh, even as he's currently under investigation by the Office of Student Conflict Resolution, uh, I think that they're going to wait and find out what comes to the path with the legal process. So uh, as Brett Barron tweeted and, and said that it was a scheduling conflict that led to this, I think a lot of questions naturally of, okay, what led from them to push it back from late February into May? That's a significant pushback. Uh, that maybe, I, I don't know all the details there, but uh, as far as you can tell, that just probably solidifies for the most part that Terrence is going to be in action the rest of the way, which for Illinois fans is good news. Well, Pipes, who do you have tonight? Who you got? Let's go. I think it's going to be a close one. I, I did teeter back and forth a little bit. I, I think that it's uh, going to be a really tough game. And as I wrote, you look at the last three ranked games as Northwestern played at home going back to last season. They beat number one Purdue twice, really, last right. year and this yeah. year. And they beat Indiana number 14 uh, last year as well. But uh, this matchup is just tough for Northwestern because of the size that Illinois has. And with Terrence back, it's a player that they just don't match up all that well with. So I think it will be a war. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle all the way till the end. I took the Illini in a close one, 76-73, to 73, mm. getting it done in Evanston, which any win it. on the road you'll take. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, be a good battle. Win is a win. Derek Piper, be safe coming home, buddy. Let's talk tomorrow about hopefully an Illinois victory, and we'll go from there. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Derek Piper, great stuff there. Corey, your thoughts. I know you're not going to be here next hour. What are your thoughts on Illinois Northwestern? We got about a minute. Okay, I agree with uh, Pipes on that. I think that um, I think the difference between Illinois and Purdue. Purdue is big in the middle, but yeah. their guards actually. Northwestern kind of matches up size-wise with their guards, where I don't think they do with Illinois. No, no. Uh, so, yes, I think Illinois is – there's going to be a lot more at play than normal tonight on a road <laughs> game. But I do think Illinois is going to come out of there with yeah. LW. I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't, I don't care who you are. The abuse Terrence Shannon's going to take is going to be something that I, I don't care – if you're an NBA player, a college player, whatever, I mean, you're not used to that. And I think that's going to be something he's going to have to overcome, mm-hmm. uh, not only tonight, mm-hmm. but for the rest of the season, obviously, if he continues to play. Mm-hmm. Corey, thanks, buddy. Hey, I love it. Anytime. We'll, we'll get you back on again soon. Anytime. Kyle, let's get a break. We'll be back with uh, Northwestern. Some thoughts on the Wildcats with Matt Shelton. We'll do that next. It is The Drive.